Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. And this week we have Dave. Dave Lewis from LSF Gunworks. Is Man, back. you've come a long way with that. Remember when you were like Dave? Uh, <laughs> that that guy. He that, was like Lewis, uh, and you were like, and you're from. <laughs> he was like LSF Gunworks. Dude, I wouldn't have it the other way. What else are we gonna do, right? Well, it helps that he's in the same building with me now that I can see yeah. his logo often. So yeah, there you go. Helps figured, you figured we'd have a recap episode. Well, not recap, but uh, I guess season season two of Dave on the podcast. Well, this is the third time he's been here. Third time, is it? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dave. I Man, forget you're, you're at the least worst. the first episode of. He remember. <laughs> he remember. Yeah, he remembers everybody's first time. So <laughs> the second time anyone comes on, it's it's like all a new thing for you. Yeah, the first the first time. First podcast was like the, how do I say it? Like the backstabbing episode. So we shared like backstabbing stories and then it was like moving on and what's next. And now this is kind of the. Was I there for episode two? Yeah. Now it's like what's actually going on. Yeah. What's you're, actually now you're, now going you're in now. it. This but, is like the, the, the selfie stick episode. Like we're, we're high-fiving and cheering because we're winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about selfie sticks the other day because I was looking through some of my pictures from Italy, and that was the first place I ever saw a selfie stick because they would set up like blankets and people would sell all sorts of shit, mm-hmm. and and all these guys had selfie sticks yeah. and they were you know selling them left and right like it was crazy. And then we get back to the states. Like I was in the Navy, you know, we were we were on a at a Liberty Port there, and uh, we get back to the states and like it's the thing over here too. And I was like, man, it's wild. <laughs> like, man, Italy's wild. <laughs> yeah. They're at, they're ahead of their time. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into it, uh, we got to do our ad read for the week. So uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, Pone CNC. They sell uh, CNC dust boots, all sorts of CNC accessories, but CNC dust boots, um, kits to add a spindle onto your CNC. They have them for a bunch of different brands of CNC. They can pretty much make anything work. Um, and it's a complete kit. So you won't have to worry about doing any wiring yourself. It's just going to be plug and play, which is really handy. They've got different clamps. Uh, they've got the, uh, speed setters, uh, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you check them out at Pone. That's P W N C N C.com. And if you guys are going to workbench con, it's coming up in what, like a week now. Yep. I think. So uh, they're actually going to be there. So make sure you stop in and say hi to them. Yep, yep. So speaking of WorkbenchCon, I actually scored a ticket mm. to WorkbenchCon. So now I'm like, lucky you. I've got one week to figure out what how the hell I'm going to get there. <laughs> Maybe we can share. How, the how far is it? Uh, ten hour drive. Mm. So I can either drive for ten hours or I can fly for two hours with an eight hour layover. Mm. So I'm going to drive because. I'd rather sit in a car for eight hours than sit in an airport. I feel like with how disappointing last year's was, they should have just given me a ticket. <laughs> so maybe they will let us split one. Maybe. I, I, I barely got half of the value of a ticket last year. So this year looks like it's going to actually be good, though. They got a lot of good sponsors. I'm still not sure about the talks. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't really think there's a whole lot of like secret to how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just coming up with a plan of your own and doing it. And most people 
you know, even me included, don't do that half the time. So I'm kind of surprised you're not giving a talk at this this workbench con about trolling your audience. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to do it. If you troll <laughs> troll your audience or just troll everybody, that's you'll true. Grow. Troll that's the worked, world worked pretty well for me lately. <laughs> what are you up to now? Sixty uh, like sixty four thousand. Oh, who's counting? That's, that's on Instagram. Yeah, it's wild. So like. I posted my last, you know, I've had a few big ones within the past like month or two. Cause I don't know, I think just two months ago I was at like 5,500 or maybe 6,000 followers. Hmm. So, you know, I've gotten all these followers pretty, pretty recently. Um, but I had like the, uh, what was it? That Sosa power hammer one had started taking off a little bit. Um, and maybe that was more like two months or a little over two months ago when that had started, but then that anvil stacking one took off and that little mini anvil, that one took off and it's like just random ones here and there, you know, out of all the reels I post, most of them are don't do well, Mm. but you get a couple that go to a million or whatever. And I don't understand why people subscribe because it's just or follow you like it just seems weird that they're following you because i don't know you just did some random thing but i guess that's what people do so like my last one was the that little iris circle drawing thing Mm, yeah and i don't know that's got like maybe three or four million views on it now and gets a ton of comments just because people are just saying dumb stuff it's the, (laughs) the the most popular comment is like is like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength, like stuff like that. And it's just dumb stuff that people keep saying, but, and they keep saying it over and over and over again. <laughs> they're like, they're like, hear me out. Or here's one. Can you make a rubber version? <laughs> so yeah, lots of dumb stuff on there, but uh, yeah, nice. I don't know. Dave was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> Not doing you these podcasts anymore. Steps? Of course. That's funny. <laughs> he's like quietly stepped out of the room. He's like, and then like right back. And then he's like <laughs> ran down the concrete stairs. Like a, <laughs> there's a taco truck out there. Oh so, man. He's locking up because they did a, uh, like a conceal and carry course today. Uh, oh, okay. So they're, everybody's Con- leaving. They conceal to, and carry. Yes. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Is there such thing as, concealing but not carrying i know there's unconcealed carry mm. but could you possibly unconceal or conceal something while not carry it it's pretty deep that's pretty deep well what are we talking about today how was your uh you did that uh cnc project thing there last week didn't you yeah how'd that go <clears throat> you went pretty good did you guys win or i don't know yet oh yeah so it's a it's a three part challenge, and we were, we did part two. So the first part was like thirty five different schools across the country, and you mm-hmm. had to make a, like an injection mold part. So like two halves of an aluminum, you know, shell that go together, mm-hmm. and then it has like a little donut part on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so we did that, and that got us into the regionals. And so that's what we just did. I had to go to Illinois. It was like it was like a four hour drive or something to a school they have there and it was, it was, it was good, but it was also, I feel like kind of rigged, not, not entirely, but okay. So the school we went to were the winners last year, but it seems kind of shady, well, not shady, but 
they they definitely have a leg up, right? Like they know all their tools, their machine, like mm-hmm. all that. And so they're, you know, they've got the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, so we had a week to prepare on two parts that they gave us, which is like a, it's a, it's a hip joint part. So it has like a stem part. that's kind of like this L shaped thing and then a ball mm-hmm. and the ball goes on the end of the, the taper on the um, little, little stem part. And, uh, so we, I mean, you know, I've got my business and the other guy had the other programmer CNC guy has like a full-time job. So last week we were able to manage like two days, like two half days. We were able to get in and like kind of work together on stuff, then program in our off time. And we were able to run the machine one day and we made like one operation of that stem part. So we got like half of one part done in a week's time. And that's, you know, we're college students that also have full-time jobs and shit. So Mm. it was kind of hard to get in there. Well, we go to the school and they've got both those parts completely done. They're all like sitting on a CMM machine. They had like 3d printed a fixture to hold it on the machine. And it was like, how the hell did they do this? And then the guy that was their programmer. So we had a mystery part. We didn't know about when we got there. So it's three parts total. You have to machine and dude, that dude sat over there for the entire day looking frustrated as all hell and did not have that part completely programmed. And so, and we, we programmed it and you have an eight hour day on the first day to program. The second day is machining. Mm. So, you know, the second day we were able to get in their machine, but they were, they were struggling on the machining part too. And it just, you know, made me think about that part they had completed there. And I'm like, how many people helped them Mm. with the programming and machining of this part beforehand? Which, you know, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. They're not supposed to. But I think that only hinders them in the long run. Because when yeah. it comes to the final leg of the tournament, they're not going to be able to get anybody's help. So it's going to be all on them to program and machine. So I think we have a better team for that. Because yeah. our instructor was like, hands off. He's like, no, nah, I can't really help you guys. Like, you want some info about some some five-axis strategies and... You know, I can give you info about that, but I'm not going to tell you how I would do any of this. Mm. So he's a super honest guy, but, you know, it'd be okay if he wasn't that honest. (laughs) (laughs) If he'd level the playing field a little bit, that'd be great. Throw throw me a bone here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it went pretty good. We got um, all three parts machined. The bottom side of the mystery part, which is a base that holds it all, uh, we didn't get that completely finished, but... They literally got down to the last minute of the competition. Like we were running the machine. We were like 200% feed on this thing, like trying to get through it. Cause it was like a 10 minute runtime on it. Fuck it. These aren't ours. <laughs> we had like, yeah, basically we had like seven minutes left and we're like, ah, just like plowing through this thing. And like, you know, most of the day we were pretty good about feeds and speeds and like, you know, keeping the tools from like too much engagement. And at the end we're like, who gives a shit? Like, go! <laughs> we break a tool, it doesn't matter at this point. And uh, so the, the guy was like, uh, I would advise that you at least take the part out one minute till the end of the competition so you can measure it. Because you had to have your measurements and everything in the box. And so we're like, okay. So I'm like sitting there with my with my finger on the e-stop, like just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I was like, okay. So, you know, stopped it, ripped the door open, took the part out, measured it and put it in the box. It's pretty awesome. Like it was pretty exciting. The last like three hours of the day were super exciting. So it was fun. Sweet. But even if we don't make it to the finals, it's been a, a fun experience so far. 
I think we got a pretty good chance though. That's good. So sounds exciting. I'm a gel. I'm a little bit jealous to get to play with somebody else's five axis machine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just learning so that someday we can put a five axis machine in here and I can teach you how to use it. It's well, probably a lot less that. stressful. <laughs> yeah, the the not having the stress of crashing a you know a twenty thousand dollars spindle that's not yours. Yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, I made that comment a few times. It's like, fuck it, it's not our machine, and the other team's like glaring at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> it was like a brand new uh, UMC seven fifty two, and they they had uh, two other like UMC five hundred SSs over there. One of them was like two weeks old, like they had just plugged it in. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thing's got like shrapnel inside it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, gonna break ever, this thing in for you. You ever seen one like like break really good, like in person? I mean, I'm, I've seen some pretty good crashes, but never one that like broke the machine completely. I don't think. Not that I can remember anyway. How about you, Dave? Seen any really good crashes that fucked the machine up? I haven't seen any other than YouTube, but I had a pretty good crash here in the shop uh, <laughs> last week. I think I heard that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's real fun to do. You go up behind the machine while it's running and the guy's like watching it and you just bang on the back of it. Then <laughs> yeah. you look and they go like completely white, almost pass see, out. See, Dave's got a little light that he has inside his and the switch is on the backside of the machine. Yeah. Uh, at least five times I've like turned it off. The first time he's like, what the fuck was that? Now he's like, Corey, turn the fucking light back on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was always a fun thing to do at the last place I worked. We would go around and, you know, these were like high speed grinders. So these wheels are spinning like 50,000 RPM. <laughs> you just go yeah, around those, back and those blow up, man. Yeah, so that scary. that literally sends stuff all over the place. This one guy um, set the offset wrong. You know, every time you put a new wheel in there, you have to like grind the shape of the part into it so he touched off wrong and like set his z when it when the um little dressing wheel that comes in wasn't actually all the way in the back position so the wheel comes over to where it is then the dressing wheel comes in and it just keeps going it went into like an extra half inch almost and uh um sent you know parts of the grinding wheel all over the place uh destroyed that um dressing wheel destroyed like the motor that spun that and i think it wrecked like the spindle that the actual grinding wheel was on did like i mean these are you know 200 300 machines it did like fifty thousand dollars worth of damage Mm. nice yeah it was pretty pretty bad they didn't let him uh work on that machine anymore after that (laughs) though so yeah grinding wheels are scary just just the thought of them exploding i've always been pretty nervous about it yeah Yeah. it looks sketchy I think the the best crash that I saw, the funniest one, and it wasn't, I, I didn't even see the crash really, but we had this dude that was like, you know, 20 year machinist, but he was like uh, E5 in the Navy, right? Mm. You, you've been in for 20 years, you're typically like a chief or at least yeah. a, a first class or E6. And yeah, gold E5. first class. Yeah. So he was standing on the headstock of the lathe with a. Big ass, it looked like a wooden oar. And he was he was really like prying on this the saddle of the thing, like trying to like pry it off of it. And uh I go over there and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, uh like he had obviously threaded into the chuck. And so the whole saddle and everything is just like smashed up against it. 
Oh, and, like it sucked the whole thing in because oh, yeah, it he was threading. Yeah, yeah, he had smashed. Like he just had ran into the into the chuck and everything. And I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" And he's like, "Try to pry the saddle off the chuck." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And I like walk around the machine, and the half nut's still engaged. And I just uh, undid the half nut. <laughs> he, almost, he almost fell off the damn lathe. <laughs> it was awesome, oh, man. So that's crazy. Hey, how done. big was that big lathe that you had in the shop? Dude, I don't even that, know. That thing must have been like 20 feet, right? It was. It was the entire length of the shop, and I yeah. never used it because it terrified me. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, thing yeah, that, was massive. That was one of those machines that you see, like, the videos where the dude, you know, his shirt gets sucked in. Those are the ones you don't wear gloves on. Oh, <laughs> For yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, I think we might have spun that thing, like, a couple times, but we never really did. I think that's to put a whole, like, valve in there, like one of those big-ass mm. valves that were on the ship and just you know, spin the whole thing at one time, big mm-hmm. cast iron valves. Is that loud right now? Yeah. Sounds like you got a whole <laughs> bunch of people in there. I like how Dave said no. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> well, I, I can hear the outside noise also. So I'm like, no, it sounds fine on the microphone. <laughs> I don't know Dave's what microphone Chris can hear and what Chris can't hear. Dave, Dave's headphones don't work don't work worth a shit except to <laughs> cancel out the outside noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. It's like the best crash story I can remember right now. Yeah. All I remember about that big one is when that valve above it exploded. Mm. And it, it killed the bandsaw and it it I mean, I'm sure it soaked that thing, which I don't I'm sure that didn't really hurt it. It was probably covered in, you know. 30 years of Greece, so probably didn't matter that much, but yeah, that was a fun time. Mm. It's like up there trying to wrench this valve closed again because like, it was the seal on it, like they hadn't tightened all the bolts enough. And it was just, yeah, they, had, they were testing like the uh fire main, like mm. turned it back on and just spraying everywhere in the shop. And it was it's kind of silly because you know what the problem is, but like the the, the way that they want you to do it is like get a whole team assembled, assess the situation, isolate the fire main somewhere else, turn off the power, like do all these things first. And it's like, but I know the valve's leaking. Like I'll just mm. get a wrench and tighten it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they're afraid of people trying to be like cowboys and stuff, which people are anyways. Yeah. That's, but, that's definitely how we fixed it. <laughs> yeah. It was cowboyed up. My crash wasn't uh, that exciting, but, I had two parts and a vice and come to find out afterwards, if the parts are the exact same size, they clamp perfect and I can run, you know, G54, G55 on it. No big deal. Well, the first operation, I got to face about a eighth of an inch of material off the top of them. And I'm running that shell mill hard and fast because trying to get material off, right? You got to get it out of there. Well, the first part that ran was like five-ish thousands smaller than the one sitting next to it. Mm. So it didn't get clamped perfect. Mm. And uh, yeah, shell mill at 60,000 RPMs <laughs> or 6,000 RPMs and uh, I think 80 inches per minute through 4140. Nice. And it said, not today, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out of this vice. It was holding on with all, all as, as good as it could, but uh, I'm out of here. it wasn't having it. Not enough of this shit. 
it started coming up. The shell mill kept going, which the little mini lathe that or the mini mill that could uh, did <laughs> did a pretty good job. Yeah. Nice. The spindle didn't stop; it just spit the part out of the vise, uh, destroyed the shell mill, and no oh, man, yeah, like just the inserts, the whole. Oh, I guess it's a yeah. So it, yeah, all the inserts are gone. Uh, <laughs> it broke. I think three of the set screws that hold the uh, inserts on. And then, you know, it broke all those inserts and then kept going, still mm. kept cutting material. Right. So, mm. uh, I lost probably in heavy or light eighth of material all the way around the outside of the shell mill. Mm. So there's not Clearance. a lot of material left there to <laughs> put inserts back into it. So, uh, Thank God there's eBay. So we ordered a new shell mill. Nice. <laughs> okay. mm. That's fun. But what you do, they're machines. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah. You're supposed to crash them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the it didn't hurt the machine. It didn't seem to hurt anything. Uh, in fact, I don't even think I lost zero because I <laughs> finished op two on a bunch of parts I had left over and everything was perfect on them. And I didn't have to change any offsets or so. It's good. Got lucky, I guess. Yeah. Really uh, speaks to the quality of a Haas machine. Yeah. You absolutely destroy your tooling and yeah. still hold zero. Yeah. And dude, I was I was pretty nervous when I bought that machine because mini mills are not cheap. You know, mm-hmm. you can buy older uh, like a Cincinnati or I don't know. I'm losing my mind on other bigger, heavier duty CNC's that you can buy used on the market. But I bought this one. It was just shy of 40 grand, 2013 model. And, uh, mini is the name, but mini is not how it machines. Like it's a pretty heavy duty machine. And, mm. um, you know, I don't know if you watch the old interwebs, but you watch <laughs> Some of these places, and they tell you, well, you know, Haas can only mill aluminum, or they can only do this, or they can only do that. Well, I've ran uh, 316 stainless. Uh, we've been running a lot of chromoly lately with our muzzle brakes, our gas blocks, a um, few other handful of parts that we've been doing lately. And the thing holds tolerance all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, Machine's really good. I only have a 6K spindle, but it works perfectly fine for doing cold roll and chromoly. Uh, I don't have any issues. So I don't know what the internet thinks when they say that Haas can't machine anything other than aluminum because mine does pretty good machining Mm. other materials. Mm. We used to make these big, they were, I don't know, probably an inch thick plate and shit they were 18 20 inch diameter or whatever and they were for a big light assembly that would go up into the ceilings of hospitals mm-hmm. and and that they were steel and i mean we would make a ton of those and it would it would uh you know come around the outside um you know get it all to whatever size it needed to be drill holes tap holes and every single one of them i mean these things were so big we were using cranes to pull them out of the machine Nice. Actually, yeah. one guy like left one hanging partially out of a machine or something, or left, or maybe he left part of the crane thing in the way or something. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. He 
he bolted it down in the wrong place and it ripped the door off one of the machines. Oh, nice. When it went to move, it like came forward and just ripped the door off. That's what nice. it was. Wow. Yeah. I I remember he, he fucked something up pretty good. That was probably the my one of my favorite crashes. Was it, was that on a house? Yeah. That nice. was that was a good one too. That was like a like a super speed. That was that was a pretty big one. So uh Gene Haas, if you're listening right now. Yeah, we are accepting more sponsors. Yeah, if anybody knows them, tag them. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to do a factory showcase, here we are, <laughs> and we would like a UMC 750. Just FYI, so, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll take win a us one at this competition. I'll take a mini mill. I just need to clear out some space in my garage, but I could probably get it in there. How big of a ceiling do I need on that? Eight feet do it? Uh, mm, no, know. it's like nine, nine and three inches, something like that. I'll know. just build another building. But, <laughs> uh, my buddy in California, he took the top, how do I say it? I want to say he took the spindle motor off, got mm-hmm. it into his garage, and then was mm-hmm. able to make a nook for the spindle to go up oh, into nice. the attic, into <laughs> his normal two-car garage on a mini mill. Nice. So, yeah, if you get creative, it'll for sure fit in like a, you know, eight foot ceiling garage. Just go between. They're the, all the rafters. They're all like completely enclosed now, right? Because they used to be like, yeah. like open. Oh, no, I no. remember. Mine's completely enclosed other than there's a little room around the spindle and the enclosure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think I've got 60 PSI coolant and it just... Yeah, nothing gets outside of it. Pretty sweet. Yeah. What have you guys been working on this week in the shop? What have you been working on this week in the shop? We're not, we're <laughs> not <been> crashing <laughs> machines. Where have you yeah, been? I'm not crashing oh. machines. Uh, I was crashing other people's machines so, <laughs> in their shops. Yeah. So last week, we I finished up machining a bunch of parts for Corey for his uh, Cyclone. Mm. Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. <laughs> That was good. It was coming down to the end of the week, and then we had a customer order a bunch of muzzle brakes, cleared out our muzzle brake stock. So I had to switch my machine over so we could machine muzzle brakes. So I kind of put the rest of Corey's stuff on the back burner. But And then I crashed it right before I left for Tennessee, so it was kind of <laughs> frustrating. But, but so now we're just, back on the – go ahead. Oh, uh, no, I was saying, so you just got back then, Corey, like today? Huh? I got back. Uh, well, it was the first day in the shop. Uh, okay. I got back last night pretty late. Yes, sir. But now we're moving on to bigger and better things. Unfortunately, we uh, we bought an anodizing kit. It uh, seems Unfor- like forever. Did you say right unfortunately? <laughs> well, it's unfortunate because it hasn't it's, showed it's up a, yet. Yeah, it's not <laughs> here yet. Uh, it's like two months. No, I don't think he bought a mid-December or something like that. And we still don't have it here. Yeah. yeah. And we have orders piling up already. So it's uh, hopefully we'll get that set up soon. Yeah. Oh, you did do those uh, turn-back knives. Yeah. Those came out pretty slick. He did was super those, happy. Um, I saw some stuff on his page. I didn't realize you guys were. So he's had a few people do a, a, some other ones, but Dave's looked the best. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to get Chris to buy a turn back knife for a while now. I should uh, have that one. But the ones they seracoded 
look pretty freaking sweet. Like I'm trying yeah. to get them to Cerakote mine now. <laughs> yeah, Which one they... did you get? A copper one or? Uh, it's brass. Okay. I've got two. They're both brass. One's the mini, which doesn't have a pocket clip. And then the other one is like the longer one with the pocket clip, which I use that pretty much every day. Uh, so I'm going to try to get them to do so Cerakote, the smaller one. And then probably middle pocket clip on it for me. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Just a little pocket. So yeah, so I I got I don't know exactly. I guess we just started being Instagram friends somehow, and we started talking about Cerakote with Turnback. And next thing you know, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna drop some stuff off with you and get Cerakote." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Oh, is he local? Yeah, he's a yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I don't uh, know. Thirty minutes from us, probably. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, pretty so neat. Drop, drop by the shop and gave him a tour. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, hmm. uh, he should be on the podcast next. What's, should what's up? Yeah, right. Why don't you get him on? You're always getting this Dave guy on. <laughs> I did. I, I did tell him he can come <laughs> on every once. No, oh, maybe he doesn't want to though. Maybe not. We'll just have to start tagging him. We'll tag him every. <laughs> we'll, tag we'll just him mention every... him. That's we'll mention it. him, and then yeah. we can tag him. Let's let's spend thirty minutes of this whole entire podcast just on him, and then he'll be forced to come on. Yeah, he has to. You got to mention people at the end, though. Apparently, because I mentioned uh, somebody. I think it was uh, Chris from Cowdog at like the beginning. He, he was like, "Thanks for thanks for mentioning me at the beginning," because you know, then I could just tune it out for the rest <laughs> of it. And I was like, uh, that's awesome. It's all right. I guess I do the same thing. So. But yeah, he's super cool dude. Makes a super awesome product. Uh, yeah, they are nice. Yeah. What's he got for a machine? I'm we should probably just wait till he's here. Yeah. Until we we bully him enough to come on. And we'll we just get everything wrong so that he has to. Yeah. Come defend himself. He's got like a like a Mori Seeky from like the the seventies or something. Yeah. He runs the, the he uses the the little holes in the paper. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Are you familiar with that, Corey? Yeah. For the CNC machines, like the original ones? Uh, yeah. Tape machine. Tape, on, yeah, tape. tape. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically Braille. Sure that's for, what he does. Uh, CNC. Yeah. yeah. I heard he did it all by hand with a, with a file. What's wrong with your eye? Mine? Yeah. Your right eye. You're like <laughs> closing your right eye. I'm yeah, winking. Corey. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, you were winking at me hard. <laughs> it's, it's bright at the right side. There's a window here. Shop lights are bright as shit out there. It was so, kind of funny. A friend of mine messaged me on Instagram, and it's like, oh, man, that's so cool. You're doing stuff for Turnback. And, uh, man, he makes a really cool knife. But, God, they're really expensive. And I, I just didn't think they see were. Them. They're no, like 60 bucks, right? That's not a bad. Yeah. Well, well <clears throat> give me a second. You know, I'm leading you up to something here. He's like, man, they're super expensive. I don't know if I could ever pay that much for them. I'm like, or you could go down to uh, Home Depot or Lowe's and buy like a $5 China one. He goes, oh, I guess you got me there. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to buy one now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you probably should. I mean, you let's, could still let's... get one for 20 bucks there, and then it, it's not even that nice. Yeah. Or you can spend 60 bucks and get one that you're super excited about. Well, yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the point, and uh, my buddy on Instagram, I realized like, oh yeah, that's a pretty good point. Like, I probably should buy like an American-made product by some dude who's fucking grinding away in his shop, trying to make mm -hmm. it happen. You know? Yep. 
All right, Jesus Christ, you've bullied me into it. Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) God damn, I'm on the website. (laughs) You're not going to find it either. That's fine. He's sold out, so. (laughs) He is, yeah. Literally, I'm on the page. Sold out, sold out, sold out. out. Good good for him. He's supposed to be dropping some off this week, so we're going to... There'll be some more up on the website soon, I'm sure. All right. Maybe I'll shoot him a message so I can find out <laughs> when he's going to be doing that. Yeah, these are cool. Yeah. I don't know if I want the Cerakote one, though. I'm not sure how they're going to look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would recommend you not buy the Cerakote one. <laughs> Wait for uh, the anodized one. So speaking of knives... Um, you know, and I've heard like Toby and Honor talk about this before, like getting like throttled on TikTok for mm. showing their knives off or whatever. So I put up a, a reel or whatever they are on there this morning of me opening this Harbor Freight package. And I pull out this knife that is so long, like the blade of the knife is oh, so long. It, it yeah. has it, in the handle. It has this little tail that pops out to cover the last like inch and a half of the blade. So the blade's <laughs> probably like, I don't know, six or seven inches. It's kind of ridiculous. And after hours, it had like four views and I've got 30 <laughs> something thousand followers over there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And even now it's got like maybe 90 views on it. Wow. And it's like, they definitely throttled me back for showing a knife. Nice. Like I didn't get any message. Oh, I, I got zucked today too. Oh, did you? Somebody told me to put a 283 in my car, like a like a small block Chevy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll burn this thing to the ground before I put a small block Chevy in it. And I get a message saying my comment violated community standards of inciting violence. I'm like, you definitely need to review that. Like, I really hope somebody can put their eyes on that and read that and understand what that means and That's not... Awesome think I'm saying like I'm gonna burn my car down or something. <laughs> it's gonna burn down the app. Yeah, so I gotta I guess I gotta be careful on uh uh Facebook for a little while. This world is so ridiculous now. Like mm. everyone's offended or Well yeah, this is supposed to be some bot on you know, they're supposed to know us better than we know us and that mm. we know ourselves. And you know, it sees something like that and there's no oversight unless you request it. And even then who knows what's going to happen? You know, it's likely not going to go in my favor. They're going to say, yeah, we, you know, we agree with the bot. (laughs) (laughs) You are inciting violence. I feel incited right now. Yeah. And I mean, that could like, like what if they shut my account down? Like that's a big source of income for me, you know? Yeah, and that would just completely kill it. Yeah. So I guess, guess I got to think twice about what I say to people. I should have just responded with the GIF. They can't mm-hmm. get mad at the GIF because they, they give you the GIF. So does this mean your your boss is the bot? <laughs> you, uh, you don't offend your, guess, your boss? So. Yeah, it's my funny, boss. Because before boss the episode, Dave was like, what, what the hell does Chris do? i don't know i think he just trolls the internet yeah, what do you mean what i post everything i do what do you mean what do i do <laughs> like you could pretty much nail down by looking at my instagram what i do for a living right i mean it's like guns and we circle 
But like I watch your page, I'm like, yeah, he's just into everything. So he just <laughs> does everything. And yeah. I, I got to thinking about it, I'm like, does he have like a job or is he just <laughs> Stuff. I didn't really thought about it. He's before. a shit poster. That's his yeah. actual job. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, well, you know, I go to school. That's like my job right now because I, you know, I have the GI Bill for liberal that. arts degrees. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to, to school to be a liberal artist. <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna have to tone this gun talk down. Oh, I know. It's a funny story. So, is this gonna be a funny story, or am I gonna have to edit this out? <laughs> It'll be that funny. (laughs) It's not not really that funny. And I'm trying to say it in a way that probably doesn't get us banned in some way, shape or form. But the, so originally there was two business names when Steven and I partnered up and both of them had a certain word in the business name Mm -hmm. that gets throttled a lot on the internet. Uh, And recently we, changed that and completely got rid of that certain word. I'm not going to say it. Um, Does it rhyme with bun? Yeah. LSF bun works. Fun. Fun. Fun works. Yeah. And literally got rid of that. Started working on Google searches and advertising and everything. And like a light switch turning on, we started getting phone calls. Oh, hey, can you do this, this, and that, and the other? And oh, it looks, it looks like you do those things that you have fun with, also. Yeah, we do those things too. Uh, so it's, yeah, Google's lying out their teeth when they tell you they don't throttle people for certain things because it's like I know firsthand that all that stuff, when it relates to fun stuff, fun American shenanigans, um, yeah, they've throttled the crap out of it. Annoying as hell, but hmm. we figure out a way to get around it. Meanwhile, our UK friends are like, we can't even show off a knife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at this butter knife I got, and MI five kicks their door in and <laughs> ties them to chairs and beats the shit out of them for two hours. Sorry, just defended them again. That's fine. And. I don't even know how much I should say because it's like you almost wonder if you're gonna get in trouble for certain stuff. But, um, it's well, you whole, won't. We will. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, gosh, I lost my train of thought now. But I muted it and said, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> no. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Dang, I was going somewhere with that. This sucks when you get so much crap on your mind thinking about mm. a million things. Oh yeah, you lose your train of thought. It sucks, but. Anyways, there's something about fun and fun having and how they're throttling all of it. Fucking fun, please. No. I don't know to have any fun. It'll, it'll come back. It'll what was the back. new thing they got? Did, did they get rid of, like, the uh, pistol braces? Yeah. Was that a... Yeah, they actually did make them illegal. It's a good thing so mine not, fell in the ocean. Not technically made a new law. And I think... I don't, a lot of people don't understand this and they don't didn't read it. In fact, I ran into an FFL that didn't even know the law. And, you know, he told me he sat through the three or four hour seminar that told him he knew what was going on. So the pistol brace thing has been in limbo for a long time, right? There hasn't been a clear, precise definition on what constitutes a rifle stock versus a pistol brace. 
well, the ATF finally defined it, and that's what happened recently, is there's a more clear, better definition on what constitutes a stock versus a pistol brace. I'm an FL holder, SOT, all that good stuff. I'm all for the Second Amendment. Um, the pistol braces that were out on the market were glorified stocks. Let's be real. Is there a tool, a use for it in the handicap people, whatever you want to say? Yes, there is. But at the end of the day, you could probably do with that pistol brace the same thing you do with a stock. So getting rid of it is probably not a bad idea if that's the rule or the definition. Mm. However, do I think they're infringing on everything that is Second Amendment? Yes, definitely. Um, I don't. Yeah, it did seem to be like a kind of gray area. And I feel mm. like they probably would have done nothing if people just stopped asking. Because, yeah. oh, yeah, it's definitely. like everybody was like, give me clarification, give me clarification, like, like sending out emails and, you know, trying to get clarification on this and whatever. And it's like, they've said it's okay. Just fucking leave it alone. You know, yeah. like stop asking. And then finally they came back and they're like, yeah, now here's our decision. It's, it's a stock. And I mean, all along, like you said, it was a stock. Like yeah. it, it was, I mean, there's a reason they made it that shape. You know, I remember, uh, and I'm sure you probably remember too, SIG when they came out with not their AR, but, and not the five, five, six, but it was the thing right after that. And they had made a, like a muzzle device that was like this, you know, like six or hell, maybe 10 inches long mm-hmm. and had all these little, you know, whatever you call those, those pieces in it. Yeah. And you literally could just slide a pipe over it and have a suppressor. And the ATF was like, come on. Like people always try to walk that line and, you know, try to skate that line basically. And, you know, sometimes they get away with stuff. Sometimes they don't, but it's like, when you get away with it, just, just leave it alone. You know, (laughs) stop asking. Well, and that's the other thing too, about the pistol braces. It's not, illegal you just the definition now has turned a ar pistol or or a short barrel rifle into an actual short barrel rifle so go pay your 200 dollars tax stamp get your gun and now you have a 12 or 10 inch shoulderable rifle and you're better off like um if, if anyone was, and I always hear this, I'm, well, it's just about money and they're trying to get more money. Yeah. Well, if you're into guns, this is not a cheap sport. So, um, and I don't accept EBT. So move down the line, but, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it ruffled a lot of feathers. And the thing that pisses me off too about it is it's not just one side of the aisle. You know what I mean? You could say this is a leftist movement and everyone's, trying to take away our guns. And there is a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people in the world that want to take uh, every gun away from every citizen, and I get it. The thing I don't like is the other side, the, the, the if you want to call it the right side of the things, they push back and cause havoc and chaos and you know get people out in the streets uh, yelling and screaming and whining and crying because I watched it all over the internet. If you watch the YouTube videos, there's the same right weaning dorks that are <laughs> screaming and crying over this pistol brace. It's like, dude, you guys relax. Just go mm-hmm. get your tank stamp and have a 
pistol brace on your short barrel rifle. Yeah. And then make better, cooler YouTube videos. Quit whining about it. It's like crying out loud. So YouTube seems like they've been pushing back pretty hard against people that make gun related content. Cause yeah. we got a buddy, uh, Nick, yep. um, you, you still follow him. Or you, you keep up with him at all court. He's the AO. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. He was an AO that was in the, uh, master at arms shack, but yeah, he does a, uh, gun channel. Um, oh, I think you told me I'm probably going to say this wrong. Ar- arch archetype 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 arc. I don't think it's archetype. That's it's got to be. Archetype. That's definitely not what it is. Is I think it it's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E? All right. Well, whatever. So, <laughs> Look, that's archetype. Yeah. That's the, uh, the Tommy gun that I made. That's what they called it. Except they played on the AR archetype. AR archetype. Maybe they say it wrong, too. No, you say it wrong. Yeah. Archetype. <laughs> archetype. Ar- archetype. <laughs> Um, and that reminds me, we got to talk about the, uh, uh, anti-pasta later, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, anyways, he's got a channel and all of a sudden one day he gets up and he's got a notification saying one of his videos is, is, has been flagged and it's been removed. And now he's got like some strike against him for violating policy. Mm. And then like a few hours later, he gets a bunch more. And then, like, a couple other guys started getting them, and, you know, there was all going around the community that they're starting to fight back, and YouTube says they didn't, you know, change any policies or whatever, but all Mm. of a sudden now everyone's video violates some policy. Yeah. That's what I really hate about these companies. Like, you can never find... First off, you can't talk to anybody. And then second off, you can never find what any of their real policies are. Like, everything's so buried in all, you know mumbo jumbo that your average person can't read and i mean even if you could understand it it's so many pages of nonsense like no one's going to read it yeah mm-hmm. i think that's why i haven't put my eggs in that basket of like content as being lucrative because it can be mm-hmm. but for how long it's kind of which i mean that you take a gamble with anything you do i mean yeah. what i'm doing could dry up tomorrow but you know it's just i don't know it seems very shifty when you don't know who you can even talk to about it yeah, you know, like you, you're on a streak right now of of getting a, a ton of followers, but you say the wrong thing to one person, or you you show the wrong item in your video, and mm-hmm. they can all shut all your shit off, and now yeah. you're now you're uh, working or, on on the street corner, or you get somebody with a bunch of friends, you know, yeah. like another person with a big account, with, you know, get them against you or whatever, and then all their followers can go and report all your shit. And then oh, yeah. all of a sudden you're gone. You know, I figure that, that happens mm. on TikTok a lot. So, so this is like uh internet gangs, like gangs of New York, but internet mm. gangs. That's mm. where we're at now. Yeah, maybe. Like it. Somebody needs to make that video of like when they're all getting ready for, for fighting each other, but they're all <laughs> just like internet <laughs> trolls. <laughs> like gearing up. <laughs> But R- report this post now. <laughs> <laughs> but see, and that's the uh, the other kind of crazy part. So if I post a just a picture or like a scan video of a gun, mm. that's you know we spent eight hours on a Cerakote job. I look at that AR platform and go, okay, that's that's a piece of art yeah. to me. 
Like, granted, it's on a like the scariest weapon in the world platform, but uh, you know, I see it as art. Like, we spent a ton of time. I'll post that on TikTok, and it'll get banned in seconds, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But I'll flip through and some of the crazy, and you, I'm sure you've seen it, Chris and Corey, like the, some of those crazy nut stuff you see coming across TikTok, like I, like grinders the, with big 16 inch yeah. saw blades yeah <laughs> anything chris does basically <laughs> yeah anything chris does like how some of that stuff is yeah. able to stay on there and go look at the views and they'll have million to mm-hmm. 10 million views i'm like i get two and get banned for a yeah. picture of a anyways let's but, face it you basically dressed up a nuclear bomb yeah, you grenade launching <laughs> nuclear bomb. Uh, I got I got a f- funny uh, gun gun related story, fun related. Uh, <laughs> so I had to go to school today, and I, they have a 3D scanner there, mm-hmm. and I just so happened to have a part that I need 3D scanned. <laughs> <laughs> it also happens to be a lower for an AK. <laughs> wait, furniture. wait a second. It identifies <laughs> as a planing handle. Okay? Yeah, it's, it's not an AK handle. So I took it into took it into school, and I, I already got a warning from my other instructor because I was like, "Hey, you think if I bring this in, I could I could scan this?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, but the guy who does the scanning, uh, I wouldn't tell him it's a gun part." And I'm like, "Okay." So I had a plan. It was a hand plane, <laughs> and it does look like a hand plane. But I'm like, hey, if I uh, if, if I brought something in, could I scan it? And he's like, oh yeah. I'm like, cause I, you know, I'm pretty interested in like getting a scanner or like putting a 3D scanner like on the cyclones. I'd really, I'd really like to see how it like captures it and then can make a solid body out of it. He's like, oh yeah, uh, what's the part? I'm like, it's a, uh, it's it's woodwork. And he's like, uh, okay, do do you have it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> pulled out of my pocket because it fit in there. And uh, get it out, and I'm like, he's like, "What is it?" And I'm like, "It's a, I'm, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make it into a wood plane." And he's like, looking at it for a minute, and looks at me, and looks at it again, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, we can scan this." <laughs> I'm like, "He's gotta know. He's gotta know." Like, <laughs> he's a nerdy guy, but he's probably played Call of Duty a couple times. <laughs> but no, he's like, "Yeah, bring it back in on Monday. I'll bring the computer." I'm like, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> So none of you fucking assholes better get in there and contact my school and tell them. I'll know it's one of you listeners. Man, I remember when I was going to school originally, like hell in 2003 for machining. One of the, or no, I guess this was when I had switched over to auto repair. So it was like 2004. But one of the kids had gone shooting the day before and had like everything still in his trunk. And was out there like talking to people about it. And the security guard came over and was like, hey, man, uh, you know, you're not supposed to have that stuff here. Um, You know, why don't you just head home with it or whatever? I was like, man, now they would lose their fucking minds. Like (laughs) they there would be cops everywhere. I, I mean, even 2004, like like yeah. after 9-11, you oh, know, yeah. you'd, you'd think it would still be a little crazy. I mean, stuff kind of was, but. I guess, uh, you know, within the last few years, it's gotten real nuts. So I was, sorry, Dave, one second. But I was uh, going to take this part in, right? And I'm like, yeah, it fits in my pocket. And so I put it in my back pocket. Uh, You know, I I, I thought about like bringing my backpack because sometimes I bring my backpack anyway and have my laptop in it. And I was like, 
nah, it's just one part. I'm just going to put it in my pocket. And I'm like walking through the school and I'm like, oh, fuck. This thing's in my back pocket and it's in the shape of a gun. <laughs> and it's like got a little wooden like hilt part that sticks up. And I'm like, shit, if one person sees this thing and is like, this guy's got a fucking gun in his pocket. <laughs> like, it might not go over so well. So I was like nervously trying to like put my shirt over my like back pocket. And I'm like, this is making it worse. Like, <laughs> so that was fun. So I don't know if I ever told this story on the first podcast. I probably did, but it's probably maybe worth revisiting. But when we unveiled the uh, flamethrower, the uh, one and only AR-15 frame flamethrower, write that down. <laughs> That's another story. Uh, at the SHOT Show in 2022 or 2020, yeah, 2022, at the end of the SHOT Show, uh, we were packing up. I grabbed one of the, the or grabbed the flamethrower we had there, and I'm walking out. Well, the normal exits that I thought I could get out of were closed off. Well, if you've ever been in Vegas, Vegas is a maze. Everything is a maze there, right? You can't find your way out of nothing. So I'm walking around. I'm like, okay, there's a dead end. There's a dead end. There's a dead end. And next thing you know, I am standing on the Venetian casino floor <laughs> with an AR-15 frame flamethrower. <laughs> I'm gonna burn this motherfucker to the ground. You're like, no, it's cool. It's not. It's not a. It's not a gun. It's not a gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's an any other weapon. It's a, yeah. It may Is that what they classify eggs. those as? Um, yeah. No, it's just a tool. Flamethrowers are tools. No, no, no. Isn't it a uh, what is it? What is it called? A, a gas propelled what? What blowtorch? <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, our, our, good, our good buddy. It's that, a weed uh, killing. Yeah. Our, our good buddy that uh, stole Dave's uh, design oh, yeah. there tried to patent it as a uh, what did he what did he call it? Uh. Something blowtorch. I don't know. I kind of already like, forgot. Yeah, like a, a gas propelled moved on from that clown show. And even the the I think the the patent office was like, oh, it's not. It's a flamethrower. Like so, they like <laughs> threw it out because <laughs> because it says on the side of it, Stoker flamethrowers. <laughs> That's what the. Never mind. I'm not gonna get into it. But yeah, so I'm, I'm on the Venetian floor with the uh, flamethrower in my hand. <laughs> I'm on the phone with a really good friend of mine. And I said, hey, buddy, I just want to let you know, if the phone goes silent, I love you. But I'm on the Venetian floor <laughs> with a flamethrower that looks like an AR-15 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm just going to keep walking. But if the phone goes silent, just remember me. <laughs> and Tell the world my story. <laughs> I have absolutely positively no idea how I got out of there without getting stopped. Because <laughs> I walked to one end of the casino floor, found out that I wasn't supposed to be going that direction. It was a dead end and had to turn around and walk back <laughs> through the casino floor. I feel like, ah, oh, this guy's probably a cosplayer. So some old lady was probably hot on the slots and they were all over her. Yeah, that's the thing. There. That's why nobody saw you. They were all stared yeah. at the slot machine. Like oh, I guarantee you there was about five or six dudes on security cameras going, 
this cannot be real. Should we do something? Should we sit here? What should what should go on? I'm not sure what They're to like, do. Fucking shot show every year. One of these guys does. <laughs> That's always fun. Like, <laughs> Probably like, uh, boss, I'm not feeling good. Uh, I got to go home. Yeah. Oh, God. That was good stuff. I don't know how we got on that segue, but. I have no idea. I don't know how we get on half the segues we get on. <laughs> so I guess one of the things I want to talk about, uh, we're in our new shop. Uh, yeah, we are. Hmm. Uh, I think some of the news worn off and. We're finally kind of hitting our stride, right, Corey? What you feel? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're hitting our stride. It's, it's still exciting coming into the shop every day, though. Yeah. Like, I, and I hope that's something that doesn't go away. But when you have like this cool of a team here, that and everybody's doing their own shit, you know, everybody's doing something different every day. It makes it really cool. So yep. it's like we all we all come to work and do our own shit, but then you get to come over and applaud somebody for what they're doing or mm-hmm. help them out with what they're dealing with, and it's it's really cool being in like a collaborative space like this. So that's cool. I think we've been here for, I don't know, two months of actually up and running, yep, I think. Yep. And, and well, I think, yeah, like you're saying, we're finally hitting our stride. Cause a lot of that first two months was like setting up the shop and getting everything figured out. And now we're finally coming into work and actually doing work every day instead of mm-hmm. just figuring out how to get the shop set up. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. And right now we're sitting in our media room. Mm, that's wild. Yeah. Dave's got a green screen behind him. I'm yeah. going yeah. to edit this. I got the video of this. I'm going to put all sorts of crazy shit. Perfect. Except for the like, one, the one little air vent in the corner and, of his yeah. screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> that thing. Why is that in space? <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'll make that like a planet. <laughs> so it just completely covers it. I like it. But so crazy story. So, Last night we had our NWTF um, banquet meeting, so we get together with our NWTF wild, committee wildlife members. people. Yeah, National Wild Turkey Federation. Mm. Oh yeah, um, they all pretend like they're wild turkeys and they cluck around in a circle. Yeah, yeah, we do. We strut around. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do, just for hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we had our meeting last night. And then tonight we had uh, USCCA, so uh, United States Concealed Carry Association. Mm. Uh, they had a, a meeting here down in our banquet room. Um, I got to talk to Brian. Brian's uh, their head insurance guy for USCCA, our rep for this area. Mm-hmm. He's talking about doing a podcast too about uh, basically small business, how they you know, starting small and staying small is not always that bad. Mm. Um, That'd be interesting. And he was talking about possibly using this, this, our media room here to do it. So it might turn into something else we got going on, Corey. Well, I think Steve should lean into that, of using the podcast room or the media room as something he can have more than just our podcast. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if we start a, a gun manufacturer's podcast at some mm-hmm. point, like that's two podcasts that can use this room. But, you know, there's there's people out there that just have like a podcast room that they rent it out. Like they yeah. let people come in. And, and since podcasting is getting so big and you could have all the equipment for them, it'd be really easy for somebody to come in here and just have a time slot each week. They record their episode. Yep. I feel like that'd be a good idea for him. If he's already going to have the room and it's only going to get used, you know, two or three hour, hours out of the week at this point, 
you might as well just have other people come in here and, and use it. But anyway. Sweet. Maybe I'll come so, out there and use it. <laughs> so that's been exciting. It's been exciting to have Corey down there, us over here. Yeah, Corey was showing me his uh, uh, mill and his lathe that he's yeah. got. Yeah. 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 Zero rent fees on that thing. <laughs> 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 At least it's getting used. Hell, uh, that, that was the only thing I had until I bought my CNC. So now they kind of just sit idle most of the time, especially the, the mill. I mean, it doesn't get used for much other than, you know, a little really specialty one-off stuff. But It is nice having it there, though. Like, I haven't used it yet, oh, yeah. but I keep thinking about it. Like, oh, I could go through this in the mill real get, quick. And it gets yep, a lot of go. video time now. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. like, look at these. Like the lathes, though. I, I, I do have an itch to go play on the lathes because it's been a long time since I've yep. played on a manual lathe. And, uh, I really need to get a... Uh, a self-centering three jaw chuck for yeah. it because right now it's got That's a four jaw independent dial parts in. <laughs> and it's like man i want to run over and do it but it's like ah, i gotta dial it in every time it's, mm. i don't have time for that, that so you never do that project so what you do is get the, the three jaw independent and you put it in the four jaw yeah well, that way you can take it out when you want and then use the four jaw again yep yep but the, that's what the other crazy part is you know, I talked to many people, and I'm sure you guys have too. They're like, "Oh, you got a machine shop? Oh, you got a, you must have like CNCs and everything." It's like, well, no, I have these two older manual machines. Like, oh, really? You do? Like, you guys don't understand. I've made so much money off that manual machine mm. for the amount of money I I ever put into it. Right? I bought those mm -hmm. two machines for five grand. I guarantee you, they've made me twenty. Yeah. Easily. So uh, it's always kind of funny when you hear people go, oh, you don't have a CNC? Like, what do you mean I don't have a CNC? Like, those two little manual machines is just poured the money in compared to what I spent on my CNC, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at it uh, as a percentage of, like, return on investment, I guess, yeah. is, is a better way to look at it. But, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, everybody thinks if you go and you buy a really nice CNC machine, you're going to make money. But you also got to pay that machine off before you're actually making money. I mean, if yep. you buy a forty thousand dollar machine and you make twenty grand with it, you're still negative twenty grand. Yep. Like then, if you get a lathe for five grand and you make twenty grand off of it, you made mm -hmm. a lot more money than you did on your CNC. So Austin Saunders right now is uh, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh... My original, before I even had a CNC, we had our uh, manufacturing license for firearms. I can't tell you how many uh, lowers were machined on those two manual machines long before I got a CNC. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that manual machine paid for the CNC. Uh, machining AR-15, Can we? I don't know if we can say that when I get flagged, but... Um, I don't know if they do that on a podcast. We'll find out on yeah, this episode. We'll find, yeah. yeah, this is a trial run. Yeah. So fun aluminum paperweights. There we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you can say it. Yeah. No, we should be good. I'm just horsing around. But uh, yeah, I, I can't believe the stigmatism around. Well, you only have this, or you don't have that. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what we can do with what we have in our shop. Yeah. Sky's it's, the limit. 
it's funny with like woodworking, it's the opposite. Like if you have a CNC, people are like, oh, that's all you do. Like all you have is a CNC. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's kind of a weird mindset. Huh? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's like people kind of hold you to try to hold you to like what their vision is of stuff. Like I see that all the time in my comments section and, you know, why aren't you using this and, and why'd you do it this way? And, you know, you should have done this and whatever. It's like, there's always multiple ways to do stuff. And oh, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people probably with like the manual machining stuff probably don't know how to do it <laughs> at least half as well as like a, a CNC would now. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like anybody can go be a CNC operator. But, yeah, just about anyone can stand behind a go button and push it all day long. Um, I got my 12-year-old son doing it right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Of course, I got I him. I thought he my... did all the programming for you. He does that too. <laughs> he, he made that guy out in Fordlands all of his fixture plates. and That's pretty cool for 12 years. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. He programmed. He got a Fusion, programmed them. Um, set up the mill, ran them the whole night. That's crazy. There was a little bit of supervision because I was like, ah, I really don't want to crash anything right now because taps and spindles and holders are expensive. But yeah, for the most part, um, yeah, let them loose on it. Yep. Which is, that's a whole nother topic in itself because, God, I wish there was more vocational direction or ideas for kids at their age. Because hmm. all, all my kids are, I got a 12 year old, soon to be 13, uh, 11, and an 8. And my 12 year old is absolutely 100% consumed with CNCs, how they work, how you program, how you do the things that they do, right? Hmm. Um, along with manufacturing. Like he is his mind turns just as much as I do. And they're over there teaching them about not that stuff in school. Let's just say that. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what they're talking about in school, but they're not talking about that. I thought Uh, that was like, uh, don't, don't they do all that? uh, I can't think of the name of it. Steam. Um, Yeah. I thought that was real big now. They are doing some of that, but not enough. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think enough. The problem they're, is they're doing more than than they were. I think, for, at least for me, I don't know about for you guys, but like, I feel like when I was in school, they didn't have shit for like the steam or stem or whatever they're calling mm. it. Like, I barely had a good shop class, mm. and uh, I, I never had that. Oh yeah, and the shop class I did have though was like, I think we only ever built like a, an Adirondack chair or whatever, and and most of that was like somebody else cut the parts and then you just sanded the whole thing and assembled it. But mm-hmm. like, that's, that's the most I ever got out of shop class. Like they had band saws and table saws, but you weren't allowed to use those, but you could use the sander. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do think they're, I, I think they're doing a little better now, but I mean, you are getting your kid into manufacturing at 12 years old and that's no matter way, which way you look at that, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I would say he's probably a little bit more advanced than a lot of 12-year-olds. However, I see a lot of those kids at school or at his school that like would fit in the exact same category as if he just had the opportunity. 
you know, my, my son in wood class is this, this was a first year he had like shop class or what or wood class, you know, and they made this like a Christmas tree. Of course, my wife absolutely loved it. I'm like, dude, my kids over here designing shit on fusion and modeling it and five axis CNC. <laughs> like he's, he's a little bit past like, um, a balsa wood. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and he, you know, he tried explaining that to his, uh, his teacher. He's like, well, you know, me and my dad, we do this and then the other. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I can't let you touch these machines or I can't let you do this. Cause you're, you're, you're only 12, mm-hmm. which is just mind blowing to me. Like, look, dude, in the 1800s, we were 12 year olds were in factories. Like, <laughs> what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's so strict. Jeez. <laughs> The problem is, I, I think they don't like they don't make people fully understand what you can do with this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like even in my CAD class, I can see it because, you know, like I'm pretty, pretty well versed in Fusion. And now I'm learning AutoCAD and I'm like, man, this program sucks. And, and other people are like, <laughs> man, this program sucks. And I'm like, you don't understand why this program sucks. You just <laughs> think it sucks because you just don't want to do this stuff. I'm like, you, but you don't understand the capabilities of knowing a program, you know, like this. Like I probably wouldn't use AutoCAD, but, um, you know, you, they just don't see what can be done with it. And it's like even just designing or or anything, you know, actually physically making stuff like there's, there's a lot out there and I don't know. I don't know how to make people better understand that. I mean, I showed off like what I did where I designed that C frame and the, the parts for it and, you know, turned it into an English wheel and, and made like a real part. But I don't know. I still don't, I still don't know if they really get that they can do that with yep. this stuff. I agree. There is... I don't know how to make them better understand that. I mean, maybe they just don't care. And I, I feel like I learn stuff about Fusion every day. Mm. The more the more time you spend on it, the more you figure out, like, there's a million things that can be done on there. It's yeah. almost limitless. Yeah, I, I do kind of wish we weren't. I, I understand why we do AutoCAD, but I feel like we could get away with, like, a week-long... Or, or whatever, or like a couple week thing on AutoCAD just to be like an introduction. So we're kind of versed in how it works, yeah. but then switch over to something else like, like fusion or, um, I forget what that other one is that they use for, uh, like architectural stuff. That's more oh, like fusion. Revit. Revit. <laughs> yeah. Like something like that. Or, you know, if you want to go outside that Autodesk, you know, go to like Rhino or something. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah but I don't know. It just kind of makes you wonder who decides that as like for each school, like who decides what program they're going to use. And Mm. I don't know. It's like, I guess we're using fusion in one class, but then inventor in the other, which they're both autodesk, but yeah, it's like fusion can do everything that the inventor can do. Uh, Not everything, but for what we're doing, yeah, it could all be done in fusion. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and same with us. For what we're doing, everything could be done in Fusion. And, like, uh, I, I I get it. You probably yeah, don't want to send... Baseline. Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to send people to work somewhere, and that place is likely going to use AutoCAD if they're, like, a an architectural firm or something, you know. But I don't know. 
it's not like we're even learning how to read like blueprints and stuff like that. So, I mean, if we're not going <laughs> to learn that stuff, then what does it matter anyways? So my, my next semester class. And so this, this semester I have an eight week class that is for inventor. And then the final in that class is you have to get like inventor certified. Mm-hmm. And then my next semester is like an architectural design class and I have to be certified in Revit and all these other kids that are in this class have been taking this course for like three, three years mm. with Revit experience. And I'm like, are you sure I can take this? Like they, they filled me in as a substitute for this class because they're like, yeah, you have cat experience, but I'm like, I have no fucking idea how to use Revit. And I'm like, I mm. think I'm, I think I'm going to drop that class. Like <laughs> they're just letting me take it because it keeps me full time. Mm. But it doesn't have anything to, to do with my degree. It's just like to get me more credits to keep the GI Bill like yeah. paying me the right amount. But I'm like, I don't think I have like the time or patience to try to learn a new program and stuff it into eight weeks and be certified on it. Like, I don't think that's worth my time. I think I'm going to drop that class. <laughs> and what's it going to do for me? I'm not going to be designing buildings or bridges. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want that. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about that program to really speak about it just from the little amount that they did show us. But even just seeing that little amount, it seems like that that I think is it's what we more should be learning. Like a rendering of architecture. Like if yeah, you were, well, it if also, you were gonna model something and then show it to like the person you're gonna sell the building to or whatever, it'd be like, This is how we're gonna build it and this is what it'll look like. Yeah, but it also like breaks everything down. Because it, it looks like stuff is 3D. So, you know, what I don't like is like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't understand how people just draw blueprints in 2D. Like, how do you not work from a 3D model? Like, that just seems to make more sense. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't we used to get uh, AutoCAD stuff all the time sent into us for what should be 3D drawings, but. I think so many old school dudes like learn how to use CAD, AutoCAD, and they're just mm. stuck there. Yeah. Like, to for me personally, you could probably completely ditch just regular AutoCAD and go straight to Inventor and do everything in Inventor because mm-hmm. you can still do 2D stuff in Inventor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you still do all the drawings and all that shit. Yeah, I feel like yeah. AutoCAD's just at this point irrelevant. Like, even as like the intro to Inventor, you don't need it. Yeah. Inventor, Fusion, they all do sketches. All you're really doing is an introduction to sketching and what a 2D plane is or a 3D plane. Like you don't really, mm. you don't really need that. <laughs> you can yeah, figure I, out what, I guess what, the... what a line and a circle are on any program. <laughs> you don't need to stay on one. Yeah, I guess the problem is that we're looking at it from like a machining perspective. Yeah, I where... guess so. AutoCAD really, I don't think has any business in that <laughs> right now anyways, yeah. you know, and, you know, but as if you're in arc into architecture, then that is kind of just the thing. I guess they've, they've so somehow just made it the thing. <laughs> so I've got a machinist question for you. If somebody gives you a print and that print only has like two dimensions on it. And obviously, you know, this, this part you had to make has a ton of dimensions on it. But then they ask you to make an inspection sheet on the part. What would you list on the inspection sheet? Just those two dimensions? Yeah, exactly. Right? If that's all they say is important. Mm -hmm. So that that challenge we just did, like they, we had a 3D model, 
but we also mm-hmm. had a pr- prints that went with it. But the the prints themselves had like overall length, and then like a thickness. But then anything else like radii on the part, like any kind of tolerance, surface finish, wasn't there. Uh, it might have had surface finish, but other than that, there was really nothing to it. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, make an inspection plan. And so I just put in the dimensions that were on the documents that they gave us. And they're like, well, where's your like length width, like all that? I'm like, you didn't ask for that. You didn't give me paperwork. If I was a machinist in the floor right now making this part, the only two tolerances I would give a shit about are the ones that were on the print. Call-outs. Right, because yeah, yeah. if, if you don't have the numbers, how would you know what the tolerance exactly. is? Exactly. What it... machinist can pull up the 3D yeah. drawing and be like, oh, let me inspect this dimension to this dimension. If they, so. if they don't give you a tolerance, I mean, are you working to a thou or are you working within an inch? Like, right. And that's there even is what they, on the inspection plan, you were supposed to put that, like what the tolerance was. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> I have the dimension. I have the 3d model. I can look at it. I have the part in my hand, but the blueprint you gave me only has like each sheet had like one or two dimensions that they called out. It's like, that's all yeah. I'm going to put. That's how zometry works. So you'll come, you'll have stuff come across uh, the job board, and it's only you only have the CAD cam or the the CAD drawing for it or the the CAD model, no drawing, um, and they'll tell you what the tolerance is, all dimensions, x tolerance, yeah, and you go off of that, um, and your inspection report reflects it. Mm. Like no, no dimensions, yeah. no or inspection report. <laughs> Have a nice day. But those jobs pay less too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should probably thank our patrons. We should. Let's do it. <laughs> so we have got a Patreon. If you would like to support us over there, you can head over to patreon.com slash makeshift podcast. A couple different levels you can support us at. One will get you into a chat group. What is the name of that chat group, Corey? Corey just stepped out. Are you kidding me? And I'm looking at I'm looking at the page and I can't even see it. He had like a funny name for it today. Man, what a jerk. Well, hopefully he'll come back by the time I'm finished and he can tell us the name of it. But anyways, we uh read everyone who is a patron's name off every week. So we've got Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, uh Hatch Made It, Buttjoints.com, which is Ed Johns, JJ's Repair. Green Street Joinery, Michael Nye, Vincent Ferrari, Brenda, Chad's Custom Creations, Mike from Pixels to Prototype, Toby Mural of UK Knife Maker Supply, Henry Davis of HG1 Metalworks, Woodland Iron, David Beckwith, Matthew from Archiano Serio, Jake Largan of Metal Chef Customs, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, Adam Coonrat, David Wood, The Grant Alexander, Austin Sa- Saunders, uh, just Brad this week. That's his name on there this week. Uh, CCCNC, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, and Pwn CNC. So thank you all very much for the support. And man, that was good timing. Here comes Perfect Corey. Perfect timing. That stupid look on his face. What is the name of our <laughs> chat, Corey? Oh, uh, the makeshift chat for patrons? I thought you had like a funny name for it. Oh, uh, you literally just said it in there today. Yeah, no. Well, you it's were like, we're going to change the name. Yeah, give me, give me God, one second. you're the worst. Dude. All right, nobody talk while we're looking it up. <laughs> we're holding everyone in suspense right now. I mean, we're holding me in suspense. I want to know what it is. 
You're the worst. I know. And this chat is like, hold on, I got this. If you miss like uh, like an hour of conversation, you're so far lost. Let me let me just scroll past um, Toby's knees. Toby's weird knees <laughs> with his pants down. He does that all the time, though. Oh, I went too far. Um, no, I don't see it. It's gone. There's Toby. Oh, Navy, Navy fans. Oh yeah, instead of only fans, Navy that fans. Was, uh, you know what? That wasn't that funny. <laughs> no, We're not calling it that. So, but please join our makeshift chat for patrons. Join our Navy fans. <laughs> Only Navy fans. <laughs> what do you think? You guys got anything else? Dude, the shop's going well. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're in this location. I'm so glad Corey's here. Uh, Sigwo's here. LSF's here. It's going like way better than I thought. You know, I, I'm sure everybody's heard it before. It's like you're so afraid to make the jump. Mm. But then when you make the jump, you're like, Damn! Why didn't I do this sooner? That's what I feel like right now. It's it's a uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think that you can make a lot of jumps, right? Yep. But unless you're jumping in the direction where your actual passion is, I think you're jumping in the wrong direction. Yeah. Sounds silly, and it sounds obvious as shit. But as like, if you're entrepreneurial minded, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I murdered that. <laughs> Entrepreneurial minded. Just, <laughs> just, just continue. If you're business minded. <laughs> um, like you you have a tendency to see opportunity and be like, oh, that's a good opportunity. And like I, you know, I've I've done a few different things that seemed very exciting at the time, but I didn't have the passion to get through it. Like, you know, you have that those uh like shitty just the hard times, I guess. And, uh, you know, where you have to have that grit to get through it. And if you don't have the passion, you're not going to have the grit. You're not going to want to see it through. And I think that's the difference is that like, it's easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make this jump because I want to do this, but there's a difference between like, I don't know, something, something, there's something there. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) There's a difference between wanting to do it and wanting <laughs> yes see chris knows i'm picking up what you're putting down thank you thank you so much thanks for finishing that that's cool and this is just the beginning like we haven't even really even started yet i would say a year from now we need to do a update podcast Corey. okay we'll see you in a year yeah you know that uh, it'll be way sooner <laughs> one than year. that but <laughs> one year we're gonna do an update podcast on today's podcast but yeah pretty exciting there's only one way to go from here is up so well, there's two ways we could go down oh we could go down but, yeah. <laughs> let's be real <laughs> but we're gonna try to go up <laughs> yeah if life starts pulling Corey in the down direction who knows that might yeah. be where he goes <laughs> well life can suck it <laughs> all right i think we better close this one out yep it's probably a smart move. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> well, I got really, I got a really call out here. either Ben over at Turnbacks or Brian at USCCA. Brian's got a really cool story, so you guys might want to have him on. That's all I got. All right. Remember when we used to shout people out? 
and then that, that lasted was like, like three weeks. That was like that, that was might have been like the episode. three episodes or the two episodes when Dave was here. <laughs> was like, oh, you got to have a shout out. Are you gonna edit that part out? I thought now? it was only on no, that no, that's fine. It's good. I, I mean, oh, yeah. now it just makes me feel bad for not having somebody to shout out. But. On a side note, I didn't realize we've been talking for an hour and a half. I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Our, audi- our audience noticed. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, especially that last 10 minutes. Oh, like, we're so <laughs> glad you made it What's to the going end. on here? <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to everybody, and we will see you all next week. See ya. See ya. Mm-hmm.